Hi, this is Bill Summers, and you're listening to No Good Music. How are you doing? How you doing, Mr. Summers? I'm good. I'm doing good. So uh, welcome to No Good Music. I'm Jim. And I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jim. Where are you? Are you in New Orleans? I am now in New Orleans in my, my pre-production studio. Oh, great. So take us back to uh, when you were a teen and the uh, music scene in New Orleans. New Orleans. Orleans, <laughs> like what it what that was like. Okay, <laughs> well, well, I, I, I'm I'm sorry to inform you that I only spent limited days in New Orleans when I was a kid because I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay, and I was raised basically in Detroit, and the music scene, of course. You know what the music scene was like in Detroit oh, yeah. because Great. the nickname for Detroit was Motown. Mm-hmm. So I was, I um, my my parents enrolled me into the the Detroit Conservatory of Music when I was five years old. Wow! I spent ten years playing classical piano in the conservatory. Mm-hmm. I often visited New, New Orleans because. All of my family on my mother's side and my father's side are from Louisiana. So I spent a fair amount of time going back and forth between Detroit and Louisiana. And New Orleans was my favorite place. In fact, they never said Detroit was our home. They always said back home, which Mm -hmm. was Louisiana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the best of both worlds uh, with Detroit and New Orleans. That's musically. That's great. (laughs) I'm getting the best. I'm getting the best and the worst. Well, yeah, I suppose. (laughs) I suppose that is a mixed bag. Yeah. I've not been to Detroit. I I call Detroit destroyed. That's Uh, my name for it. Instead of Detroit destroyed. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Economically, have you been back there you know, lately, or yeah, because it's 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 where I was born. So I'll, I guess I'll always make trips back to Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where I was have a lot of friends, and I have relatives there, and I went to school there. But I also spent an equal, almost an equal amount of time in Northern California. All right, I didn't know that. Yeah, what uh, near what city or in what city? Well, I, um, I I'll tell you a little story. This mm-hmm. will take maybe a minute, mm-hmm. minute and a half. But I, I was raised in Detroit and quit high school in the 12th grade for, um, I, I won't get into that because that's mm-hmm. quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. But I quit high school in the 12th grade 
and I went to work at Ford Motor Company on the assembly line. I did that for six months, and I knew that that was like slavery. So I, I took took another job at DRC, which is the Detroit Race Course. I was a busboy uh, there, and um, I, I actually played music at night, and it was a good job because I didn't have, have to be to work at the racetrack until eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. The first we did was eat lunch, so um, that. Was a pretty good setup. <laughs> a little bit on the horses from a guy in the bathroom because employees couldn't bet, but my tip money and um, maybe bet on what's called the daily double, mm-hmm. uh, which you had to win two. You had to win two races, and you had to, you had to win two races. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. That'll kill me. We had no. Somebody had a phone on. It's it's yeah. just such a distraction. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I had to bet on two ho- two, uh, two horses to win, and that day was my lucky day. <sighs> I won great. the daily double. I was mm-hmm. about 17, about 18 years old, and that's when I went to California. I took the money. I bought a round-trip ticket, and when I went to California, I never left. I never used mm-hmm. a round-trip yeah. ticket. I, I never left. I stayed there. I got in college. I went to a junior college. For UC Berkeley, I got accepted to a major university, which was mm-hmm. my father's dream. It was a it, it was an impossible dream for me, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. And yeah. uh, that's where I met Herbie Hancock. I had a band that opened for him. It was actually a folklore group, a group that did African and diasporic music, like from Cuba and Brazil. And uh, we opened for Herbie. It was my group. And... He approached me after the concert and asked me if I wanted to come and sit in with him mm-hmm. at his at the club that night. And of of course, I said yes. <laughs> and I went to the club and I brought a few new instruments. And Mr. Hancock walked to the side and he said, "What's all this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that. So, no, no, that's stuff that I'm hitting. <laughs> I didn't, that's stuff that I'm shaking. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like that. So I picked up my I took I picked up my shit and I left. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't play with him. I didn't play with him that night. But later on, he came to UC Berkeley to do a lecture. And I was the teacher's I was the professor's assistant assistant in that class in the music music department. I had to meet Herbie and pick him up and bring him to the class. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, he said, Don't I know you? And I, and I kind of, I kind of like, eh. I didn't the man want, with I, the shit. I wasn't really turned on by Herbie at that point. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, though we talked to him. He said this. I did that? He said that about 20 times. And I said, yeah, Mr. Hancock, you did that. <laughs> so, and then uh, he invited me to sit in that night again. And I went this time and I sat in with him. Mm-hmm. And six months, four, I don't know, a few months later, uh, he offered me a job. Well, he invited me to his house and for a session. And that, that session was Paul Jackson on bass, Harvey mm-hmm. Mason on drums, Benny Maupin on sax, Herbie on piano, and myself on percussion. And that was the beginning. That's how that started. Can you see these guys in the video? For our listeners, I'm holding there up. It is. Uh, the Headhunters by Herbie Hancock. That's it. 
leader Herbie Hancock and the people that. Uh, yeah, that's Mr. the back. That's the back. That's the yeah, there we go. And there's the front. This is a podcast, so I have to uh, yeah. radio play it here for the yeah, uh, the listeners. They can't see that. Yeah. So what you. did you? So what were you bringing um, when you uh, played the first time? Did you bring congas and other percussive instruments? Congress. Okay. That's that that's a mispronunciation of the word conga. Oh, wow. It's a conga drum. It's not a conga. Okay. I'm just conga. letting you know. Conga. Just 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 for yeah. you know your scholastic. Yes, con it's conga. There, yes. there are three see here's the thing. Those drums were created. They were they were created those particular type of drums that people in the United States call conga drums or Cong or Congo drums or whatever they say. There is that that's in Cuba they say tumbadores. Tumbadores. Mm -hmm. Tumbadores. And there are three drums. Mm -hmm. There's a quinto, which is a smaller tumbadores. Tumba. Tumba is it, it means drum. Mm -hmm. Tumbadores. Okay. There's a quinto, which is a smaller one. Then there's the Congo, which is the middle size. And then there's the two, which is the biggest, the lowest drum. So a lot mm -hmm. of people in America, I don't know why they, I don't know why that happened. There's a description <laughs> of, of all three drums as being conga drums. I the record. The other misnomer, the other thing that's mispronounced greatly is, is the word bongo. People say bongos. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as bongo drums. Mm -hmm. they, they don't exist. They're mm -hmm. bongo, and there's no S at the end. Bongo is actually plural, plural also. So that's just for, that's just some technical shit. It's just for your... Well, we're all about educating here, too. Yeah, Bill. bongo. So don't bongo. Play that, that's it. Bongo. Well, oh, yeah. All the O's are pronounced long O. Gotcha. Yes, bongo. That's correct. <laughs> Great. I didn't know that till now. Yes, exactly. And all the A's are pronounced soft. Right. Yeah, yeah well, that's just Spanish. Use the Spanish, Spanish or African vowel sounds. See, see. R-A-E-O-U, <laughs> and you got it. I'm going to have to ask you about the djembe then. Well, the djembe, djembe became popular in the United States when the ballet African from, from Guinea, West, West Africa, came and did a performance Mm -hmm. at the United Nations, and that became a, an overnight success, I mean, a fascination with especially Black American hand drums, mm -hmm. and that is a drum that do with conga drums or tumba daughters. Most of the drums that are played in the, in North America or South America or the Caribbean or, or the, the West Indies mm -hmm. are not djembe's, okay? But djembe is popular around the world. Okay, there it is. I mean, it's just popular. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's kind of a 
show-off kind of drunk. Dazzle the ladies. I don't know. I, I know that's <laughs> part of it. But you get a jumping alert. They don't know what it's for. I got one uh, imported uh, directly from uh, from West Africa to uh, a guy there in Central Virginia, and I love my djembe. Yeah, so it's hand carved there, and and what I like is you get a full range of tone from the. Uh, it's a fourteen inch, I think, and um, you get a full range of low, mid, and and high. So yeah, that's my favorite. My favorite percussion instrument is that djembe. Djembe's come in a set. You have a kinky knee, a songba. A June June, a djembe of and different sizes, mm-hmm. which okay. give you the full range. Really, they also have some bells that they use. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's authentic. That's authentic information there. You know, people, you people, more or less, they buy a djembe, and they think I think should happen. I don't know why it happens. You know, when a Western flute or piccolo or bassoon, or they know these instruments. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, for some reason, and that's not even in-depth study. That, that's some surface studying. Learn the tradition. What is this drum for? Mm-hmm. You know, people just don't play it to play it. You know, but some people do in America because it's just like they call it a jam. Let's jam. Let's go to the drum circle. That's mm-hmm. non-existent. It's not. It's. It's just. I don't know. I, it's not nonsense because people just like to play. It's you know, They don't want to learn anything. They just want to hit. The, they call it beating the drum. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't beat my drum. I touch my drum. I don't beat nothing. You know. I'm just saying. It's a. It's a. It's a form of disrespect in a way. Mm-hmm. But people mm-hmm. don't know it. They don't really even know that. You know. They just don't. They don't. Mm-hmm. They, they don't mean any harm. But. If you know you go to um, any any symphony orchestra, like here gives you an, an example of the prejudice in it. What percussion instruments are played in, in the symphony orchestra are called legitimate percussion. So what's the other shit? Illegitimate. Yeah. Right. And see, there's mm-hmm. a there's a little bias. Yes, it's the racial bias. Yeah, for sure. And it comes from slavery. Yeah, we we totally agree with that. Yeah. When I go to a sound check, they ask me to play my toys. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Well, that's insulting. Yeah, it is. And I tell them. But, you know, it creates issues. It yeah. create, I'm, a, I'm a troublemaker. Okay. That's what <laughs> happens. I become the troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of trying to, and instead of an educator, I'm a troublemaker. But that's what happens. So, I mean, this is I, when I get, when I do an interview. Yeah. And you're educating. You're educating. I'm trying to. talk about the song watermelon man okay good i'll keep it right yeah. here i'm not gonna move yeah. and uh okay. it's one of the most famous herbie hancock yeah uh so i just discovered there's a d- very distinct sound in that song 
which starts off the song and then it comes back around towards the end. And I saw a video of you blowing into a beer bottle. Richard, give me a box more there. I'll do it. There, there's one in the kitchen, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Oh, he's getting a bottle. Hey, man, I'm going to do that. I'm going to show it to you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm going to get a bottle and I'm going to yeah. show you how it works. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought okay. people told you to stay. I thought people told you to stay off the bottle. Bill, stay off the bottle. But, um, come on. <laughs> you, let me explain something. Well, I had, I had, a, I, I had a six pack of Heineken's a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and they, and they're all gone. So oh. I got a friend getting an empty bottle. Yeah, oh, yeah, great! Yeah, and I actually have a plastic bottle, which it doesn't really work as well. Yeah, I was wondering if when you drank the six pack of Heineken's, you opened oh, them all up and you drank them at different uh, speeds, so that you had the bottles at different level. Well, you know the pitch. <laughs> You actually, the bottle isn't is not the original instrument. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, I actually used an I used an instrument called Hindu. That's what it's called, <laughs> and that's what it does. But no, it's on it's on it's on a monopoly, Okay. Mm-hmm. In other words, the name of it. You don't see anything. No. Is what it sounds. So the like. name of it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you know, so so you know. I, I learned in the Ituri forest of Central Africa. Okay, so now one note comes bottom. And the other note comes from my voice. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm doing the best I can. For our listeners, he is using uh, blowing down into the bottle for one sound and then using his voice for the other sound. <laughs> Too high. Got a glass bottle is better. Okay, now that's a pattern that I learned from these these people that you guys call pygmies. Mm-hmm. You don't want to call them pygmies. So that is the N-word. Do yeah. not say pygmies mm-hmm. okay yeah there's one note in the bottle right mm-hmm. okay now the rest of it is my voice so i'll go mm-hmm. i'm singing then i blow on the bottle Very good, very good. That's it. But what a wonderful sound, right? What a unique sound. Yeah, oh, it is. Did you come up with that? Okay, now, I explained that before. Yeah, I came up with the melody, the the part that I play on Watermelon Man, I played, it was a standalone composition, okay? Mm -hmm. It had five or six different parts on it, and they decided, oh, wow. Let's start Watermelon Man with this. And that's how that happened. And I haven't received a penny for it yet. Okay. Wow. Mm. People sample it all the time, but I don't get paid. Mm. You know, the the actual composition was actually stolen from me. I don't get any royalties from it. And it's one of the most famous sounds Mm -hmm. in jazz, 
for a jazz standard, it's, yeah. it's one of the most recognizable intros, outros ever. Mm-hmm. It's right. a, even the as one of the 500 most important um, compositions ever, mm-hmm. period, on the planet. Yeah. And I don't get anything for it, period, nothing. Somebody else gets paid. <laughs> and, and I guess you know who that is. What else can I, what other information can I give you? <laughs> so you can educate us on the people group that, uh, you know, we shouldn't say that derogatory name. What, what are they called? They're called Babinga. They are called Babinga. Mm-hmm. Babinga. Or Babenzale. Okay, that's just the name for them. Yeah. They're not pygmies. Mm-hmm. Pygmeo. Right. They're not that. That's a derogatory. That's a European description of, you know, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's another example of the racism then and lack of education uh, that is all the way across the U.S. You're They're teaching, not Aborigines. You're teaching, they, they may be, you know. Yeah, you're teaching us and our listeners a lot here with, with this, uh, with the, the instruments. Yeah, it's, across, it's across and, the and, planet. <laughs> oh, yeah, across the planet. Yeah, it's really across the nation, but maybe you've discovered how it's across the planet, yeah. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Los Hombres Calientes. Uh, this included uh, Irvin Mayfield on trumpet and then also uh, Jason Marcellus. Yeah, uh, yeah, stop, stop, stop. Okay, Irvin Mayfield is is in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not playing right. He's not okay. playing right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably playing in prison. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mr. Mayfield it was in Los Hombres Calientes, and the band was created by Bill Summers. Mm-hmm. I taught Irvin and Jason Marsalis, Victor Atkins, David Paulfus how to play Cuban music. Oh, wow. They didn't have a clue. They didn't know what it was, but they, they wanted to play Cuban. They wanted to play like... Latin jazz. Right. We won the Billboard Latin Jazz Album of the Year. And it was it was a surprise because the record label was a fledgling record label and they had one artist. And that wow. was it. And they didn't know what they were doing. So it was it was a godsend, you know, it was just mm-hmm. a blessing. So did you start the band? Were you were you the original uh the force behind the band then uh, did you begin it with those guys well i first first i started with jason marsalis and he and he studied six months straight just learning the the rhythms you know because yeah. you know there, there's two types of latin jazz there's 
real afro it's not latin i don't know where latin shit came in yeah we don't like that it's term. afro mm-hmm. it's african it's not fucking latin <laughs> i don't know where that shit i don't what i don't mean in it where's the roman i don't get that i, I mean it's just latin is a dead language and culture i don't know i mean it's cuban african people created that genre okay the mambo the cha-cha-cha, the and all of that came directly from Cuba. The Puerto mm-hmm. Ricanos or Boricuas, the people from Republica Dominicana, and the people from Colombia, and the people from all those other countries copied the Afro-Cubans. They started using clave, timbales, bongo, tumadores, chequeré, bata, and all of that. They learned it from the Cubans. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to say it for some reason they don't want to admit that black people created all this they don't want to do it so they call it latin i don't get it i don't get it that's taking responsibility for the reason why the why the uh the africans were in the islands and in the caribbean right i don't get it i don't get that it's, it's, it's not a racial thing. It's just facts. It was the facts. Mm-hmm. Forget the race part. Hey, Bill, we, we only have less than a minute. Yeah, we have less than a minute now, so we're going to thank yes. you for your time. It was great talking to you. So, Bill, have a great day. All right. Guess what? Guess what? The most important thing is I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> thank you. We love you, too. Love you, too. listening to No Good Music. Today's interview was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher and recorded via Zoom at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. The following songs were used with permission from Greg Lucas. We call it The Box by Bill Summers and Summer Heat. Over the Bar, Stoop, Stop Watch, and Rockin' at the Mole House by the Headhunters from their new album, Speakers in the House.